2021. Welcome back to the Black Health Academy podcast, the first of this new year. I am Lisa A. Smith, the founder of the Black Health Academy, joined as always by my super dope co-host, Miss Get Fit with Jay. We are here with another episode, extending the life of the culture one episode at a time. We are thrilled to be with you. We are thrilled to be in a new year. Uh, it started off kind of shaky with your president, Jay, but I think we're going to make it through. Listen, last night they stormed the Capitol building protesting <laughs> Biden's election. Everybody is upset and I'm loving it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I'm loving it a little bit. Uh, but anyway, listen, how have the first few days of 2021 been for you, homie? They have been pretty... I'm not going to lie. They don't feel too, it doesn't feel too different. Yeah. I thought the new year was going to come in and I was going to feel like it's a new year, but I don't feel, it doesn't feel too different for me. Nothing. No. The earth didn't rattle. No. Yeah. Not none I'm kind of disappointed, but. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I get it. Yeah. I get the it. The transition was pretty smooth, so I should be happy about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's like a smooth landing. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Much, yeah. How about you? Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. Uh, new year feels amazing. I made a very big decision the other day about an investment I'm about to make into my company. So that's oh, a big okay. deal. Yes, I'm talking five-figure investment. So it's I'm really, really excited about it. So that's new. So a lot of changes are coming this year for me and business and work. And then I don't know if I ever told you this, but I told you every top of the, every year I go to Barnes and Noble in Troy and go into the horoscope session and read my horoscope for the whole year. I think you probably, but I don't remember. Okay. So I, um, I haven't made it out to the physical bookstore yet. Cause I go every January. Uh, but I, so I did it online though, this one website that I mm -hmm. love. And so I started reading my horoscope for the entire year. Um, which everything I read has a lot to do about like your family structure is going to change this year. Mm -hmm. Family. There's a huge focus on family, family, family. And past years, the focus has been on like career and business. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, uh Oh, mm -hmm. right. It's very interesting. Um, it's very interesting. So, you know, I, I'm not a big astrology person where like I like obsess over it or whatever, but um, I do read it at the top of every year, glance at it every now and then, my horoscope and stuff like that. And then I recently had um, a session with my own health coach. And he was asking me. Your health coach? Why did I know you had a health coach? Yeah. Um, uh, you know Asa. From Whole Foods, that used to work oh, at Whole Foods. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, so um, I had a session with him recently and he was asking me about my astrology stuff. And he was like, What time were you born? I was like, Oh my God, I don't know. So I asked my mom, she didn't know, but she told me, Look, on my, I didn't even know it's on your birth certificate. Yeah, yeah so um, when you add the time you were born, you're able to get like your natal chart and it gives you more detail about who you are and all this stuff. And so it's been really interesting reading up on that about kind of what's to come and things like that. So um, I'm really, really excited about this year because I want to know what that means. It mm -hmm. talked a lot about my home. Mm -hmm. It was like you are going to put a lot more energy into making your home like as beautiful as you want. I'm like, that is so crazy. That, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, the stuff I want to do once I officially buy it. So there's it, it was interesting. So anyway. Some changes coming down the pike there. Brought the new year in in New Orleans. That was my first time. Why you ain't tell me it was so lit? Like you told me it was going to be fun. I did tell you. No, you, you did that. not. 
Lisa, you're going to sit here and act like I didn't tell you it, it was the best thing. Go on, you can. I mean, I know this is not a really good reason, but the fact that you don't have to put your drink down, you can just go walk around in the streets with a drink? No, that's not a good reason because it's a great reason. <laughs> I completely forgot about that law. Oh, my God. that was That's the best thing. So I buy a drink from your bar, and I walk into the next bar with that with drink. That drink Non-concealed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Then it's just black people just everywhere, mm -hmm. and, and then oh yeah, New, New Orleans is a whole vibe. Oh Jay, I did good, not good know. time, good time, Very amazing good time. time. I mean, yeah. we had some. Uh, you know me before I went. So before I went, I joined a Facebook group called Where Black Nola Eats. Um, so find some black owned restaurants that we could go to. Mm -hmm. And so we frequented a couple of them. They were amazing. Um, I went to, um, sweet vegan soul food, sweet soul food. Uh, and we went there twice. Uh, we went to another place called, uh, I think it's called the mint. We went to a couple black owned restaurants. Um, one of them I didn't care for too much, but, uh, we went to vegan with a twist. That was dope. Um, all these black-owned, plant-based places. And so that was so cool. Walking down the street with drinks, like you said, was just amazing. Getting to go drinks. And so it was shut down in some ways. You know, the governor wouldn't let bars stay open past 11, which is fine because we didn't go into any bar. We stayed outside, you know, tried to keep our mask on in crowds and stuff. And so, but, you know, we uh, drove out into a visit a plantation and then we drove out to a bayou and did a swamp tour. And so it was, How was that. It was nice. I got a story. That'd be my way. What? Okay. <laughs> and um, so the plantation was super dope, you know, going to a literally, you know, a real plantation where all the original structures are still standing. The overseer's house, the big house, you know, the master's house, the what I didn't know is that. And I'm just, I guess, ignorant about slave history. I had no idea the overseer was different from the master. Like, I had no idea the person who owned the plantation was not the overseer. Mm, and so, yeah, it was so interesting just learning about the history of this particular plantation, but just more slave history in general. And so the big house was where, like, the owner lived. The overseer had a whole nother house, and that was the person who lit yeah. yeah overseas yeah well and then there was another person under the overseer so the owner and the overseer were both white the person under the overseer who literally kept the slaves in line was always black are you was, serious it was always a black slave yes and i just felt so like i didn't know this and so it was just really interesting. So you had a tour for that, people, them telling you all this stuff. So I think they used to have physically guided tours before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. What they had was an app that you download. And as you go walking through the plantation, you hit the number to hear the history of that particular. It was, oh, so, I, it was so nice because it, was, it felt so safe. It wasn't a whole bunch of people in the first place. So that was great. It was outside. It wasn't no people. I think it was one other family there when we were there. We could stop and play and rewind the audio as much as mm -hmm. we wanted to. Saw inside the slave quarters. You so know, you got so to go inside? Some of them were open, but you couldn't walk in. But you could okay. lean your head in and look. Mm -hmm. And they had them roped off. Um, we couldn't go in the big house, though. They had that completely closed off. Uh, but it was well worth it. It was like an hour drive outside of New Orleans. And I think the biggest, most like compelling exhibit at the plantation 
was um, the uprising plantation where they talked about the biggest uprising in slave history. And they had literally the heads on a stick of a lot of the people who died in the uprising. Mm. You know, it was like replicas of their heads, but it was so emotionally provoking to see it, you know, mm -hmm. and the audio is telling you about the uprising and how slaves was walking down the road and recruiting other slaves from different plantations and the crowd just kept getting bigger and bigger and they started just setting fire to different land and eventually they got overtook in and most of them got murdered but it was just yeah it just made you angry and it just really made you want to work harder to be impactful in your time here when we got in the car I was telling him like this is why you can't waste your life mm -hmm. you know what I mean People, we know people died for our freedom, mm -hmm. but just to be reminded of it in that very gruesome way and to have yeah. a visual. Um, and, and on this particular plantation, there was a jail on the plantation where they would cage up the slaves on the plantation. Not all plantations had a, a, a physical structure that was a jail. So you were able to go in there and stand behind, you know, the iron. And it was just, you know, it was it was really, really interesting. Yeah, and that's why I just really get offended when people say I am not my ancestors. Like, do you know what they did? Do you know how hard they fought? Do you know what they went through? Absolutely. You're damn right you're not your ancestors. You don't have what they have. You do not have, most of us don't. No. Don't I mean, we are spoiled. Takes. Yes. So. Completely. Yeah, I, I really hate when people say I'm not. Come on now. Yeah. You, 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 you don't even, you, don't, you have no idea. Agreed. How much heart it took. Mm. How much. I mean, unity it took to, to get people to get come out and they walk together and they die together. Unity what? alone. I mean, unity. Come on now. Yes. So, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely. It's so funny because I was just looking for a place or something to do for Nick's birthday, which is in July. And I think that might be a good idea because I was looking for you know how every time we plan a vacation, well, lately when we took our girl trip to Jamaica, we were like, the next place we go, we want it to be black. Yeah. Because you know? that felt so good. And so I was looking up cabins in Gatlinburg and I'm like, dang, but outside of the cabin is so not black. Yeah. <laughs> and so that would be a nice little, because when would. he went last time, he went with someone who was on a whole different agenda. Like he and I, I'm the only person in his life that's interested in the things that he is like, his friends are more so like, let's go to the bar, let's drink, let's, you know, talk to girls, blah, blah, blah. And he would love to do like a swamp tour, go by the lake, yes. do the walking and stuff like that. So I didn't want to go back to the same place he already had been. But at the same time, it's like, have you really been here? It's like, when I, you know what experience. I mean? Yes. <laughs> so yes. I think, yeah, that might be. Dang, his birthday in July. Dang. Because we already planned to go back for his birthday. When is his birthday? May. But it might as well be June because it's May 30th. So we're going to go in June. Yeah. Um, because there was so much that we didn't get to mm -hmm. that I want to go back and do. And because we want to hit the museums, we want to go to the World War II Museum. I want to go to the NOMA, the New Orleans Museum of Art. Um, th there's a death museum I want to check out. You love museums. Oh, God. I do, too. I love reading and history. And, yeah. And so we want to hit all those museums. And we was like, not, let's not rush to feeling. It's a two-hour flight. Let's enjoy the things we're doing as opposed to trying to rush off to another thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so there was so much that we still want to see and do so. We decided we were going to go back for our anniversary slash his birthday. And so that's coming up. And dang, when is when is Nick's birthday? 
I was just sitting here to my, thinking about anniversary. Anyway, I talked about that. <laughs> um, uh, July 18th. Dang. Okay. So y'all will probably go around that time. Like, cause we could do it in like yeah, June yeah, and meet talk, in the middle. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about okay, it. Okay. Cause we could meet yeah. in the middle because, you know, July will be in Tokyo, but yes, let's, let's talk about it because that'll be lit. Okay. That'll be super lit. Yeah. And they got other plantations we can visit too. So we would love to go to another plantation. Um, you know, we, us, we worked out, you know, did the gym on a regular, uh, there and just, you know, it was amazing. Walk the streets. It was dope. Super dope. Um, but let's get on to wait what? Okay. <laughs> so I can share wait. What is our segment where we identify something we saw, heard, or experienced in the last week or two that made us go wait, wait what? what? Okay. You can go first. I'll go first. Okay. Mine is not that big of a wait what? So I'll definitely go first. So I'm chilling in the room, right? Minding my very own business. So my son Bryson, who's 11. Now, we joke and laugh 90% of the time. The other 10% is me getting on his butt about school and stuff like that. But 90% of the time, we're laughing and joking about <laughs> stuff, right? He, he's so much like me. It's crazy. Um, and so I hear him in a real serious voice like, uh, <laughs> Mama, why were you looking, looking this up? Right? And I'm like, looking what up, Bryson? Come here. What was I looking at? Oh right? I'm so nervous. <laughs> I was nervous. So he comes in with the laptop. He's like, why were you looking this up? So he hands me the laptop and I look at the laptop and it says, um, <laughs> can I drink tea while fasting? Right? Uh -huh. <laughs> and I'm like, Bryson, like, I wanted to know, can I drink tea while I'm fasting? That's all. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, 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 I fast, so I wanted to know, and I wanted some tea, so I wanted to know, can I fast or whatever. I was like, but, what you, I said, what do you think fasting is? He's like, <laughs> starving yourself, right? <laughs> Real stern. He ain't, he ain't born to it yet. He's like, starving yourself. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, not. I was like, Bryson, it's not really starving yourself. And I started telling him all the benefits and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't go for days and days without eating. It's just I go for like a 16 hour window uh -huh. or whatever. And he's still looking at me super skeptical, right? <laughs> I was like, okay, how about you Google the benefits of fasting? Right? right? Is it healthy? So he, he, I'm like, do you want to Google it? He's like, yes, I do. <laughs> Google's it, girl. Why was it a overkill of benefits? So we fall out laughing. I'm like, geez, it's almost like they were trying to sell it to him. Right. I didn't even realize all the benefits. So um, I said, so do you see that you know fasting is healthy? He's like, yes. And so I we get past it or whatever. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you just call yourself confronting me? Uh -huh. First of all, let's go back to to you thinking. I said, would you? Did you call yourself confront me? He said, yes. <laughs> yes, I did. I'm at that age where I questioned. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I was confronting you. <laughs> oh, my God. I laughed so hard. And I was like, that is so funny because that is just a testament to the environment he, he's, grow, he grows, he's growing up in. Yes. You know how our family is so direct, yes. so blunt. Yes. We'll never be the family that's going to be like, I think she has. You know what I mean? That's yes. not us. Yes. If we think something is going on with you, you about to know it as soon as we think it. So it was just funny that he just came directly like 
listen, I just saw something on here and I don't like it. So yeah. explain it. What is it? I thought that was super funny. That's funny. You know what it reminds me of? What? Were, have you ever played that game? What's the last thing you Google? I know. Oh, God. It's such a scary game depending on when it gets sprung on you. You know what uh -huh. I'm saying? So I remember I first played that game when I lived in China with all of my other, you know, colleagues, expat colleagues. And we played like, what's the last thing you Google? And everybody was saying it was the funniest thing ever. And then I'm in a group chat with all of my cousins. And um, they, somebody asked the same thing, like, what's the last thing you go? I think my sister's was hilarious. And we everybody was just posting the last thing they Google, and it was so funny. But that can be dangerous, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, that can be very good. But I knew it couldn't have been too bad because it was on a laptop. And I don't put it, you know? <laughs> so when he said, I'm like, no, I don't put nothing inappropriate on a laptop. I save all the inappropriateness on my phone. On my mind. Now, if you want to play with mommy's phone, son, right? You gotta sign. You gotta sign this you know, Right, right. <laughs> and it's so funny because I really don't. I feel like if you're in my in my business. I'm sorry about whatever you saw. Oh, you get what you get. You came in my room and, and it was rummaging. I'm sorry about whatever you saw. I'm sorry about what you but found. that is my business. <laughs> you traumatized, shame on you. <laughs> Stay out of mommy's stuff. All right. What did you learn? Okay. But no, when he came Go with wash your hands. Right. <laughs> Go, Go disinfect. <laughs> All right. Like, no, mommy don't want to hug. Go wash your hands. <laughs> Strip down now. <laughs> and get in the shower. I'm not playing with you. <laughs> don't even touch that cold water. <laughs> okay. That's scalding. Okay. That's my business. Right. And then hug your sister first and then me. Y'all cried out together. <laughs> Time to be hiding my life. You want to go fast? That's your business. <laughs> yeah. You want to go scavenger hunt? That's your business. Go right away. That's my business. But you're going to find out mama ain't been a mama her whole life. <laughs> mama ain't a mama 100% of the time, honey. <laughs> Listen. Oh, okay. Intermittently. <laughs> I'm an intermittent parent. Don't judge me. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, okay. Man, I'm gonna be the best parent on the planet messing with y'all, boy. Man, I don't understand parents. They be trying to act like they just not a human outside of their kids. Like, man, you know my model FTK. If don't nobody know what that means, you oh, should. Right, Loogie gave. Did Loogie give us that one? Or if we were saying it before Loogie. No, I was saying it since the last when we went out to we we had that private screening for the Lion King. Oh had, yeah, yeah. Post the FTK. Yeah. Um, FTK. They can't come. That's so, it. No. That's it. Yeah, y'all figure that one out. <laughs> if you figure out what FTK means, write us in and let us know. Oh, uh, uh, well, Okay, so my way what? Mine is also not super exciting, but it's just like, uh-oh. So um, we went on a swamp tour, Bayou tour. We drove like 45 minutes outside of New Orleans and to a, a swamp for a swamp tour is kayak, right? Mm -hmm. And um he and I, we did a tandem kayak, so we were in the kayak together. And we had the host and one other girl. 
right? Mm-hmm. It was a young white girl that was with us. The, the host said he likes to keep the kayak tours to um, like two, two to six people. So it was perfect. So our total was four of us total. And we hop in a kayak. We're on the swamp for maybe an hour and 45 minutes, two mm-hmm. hours. But the drive to where the drive to the um, tour where we were leaving from was, you know, f- first it was mostly highway, but then we were actually driving through a neighborhood. We're driving down this residential street, Jay, and as we're driving down the street, houses, Trump sign, Confederate flag. It was really, you know, south. We're in Louisiana, in the south, an hour outside the main city, and it was clear. Like, it's what we see on TV, you know what I mean? So we saw all these Confederate flags and all these Trump 2020 signs and all of this, and... um and I'm like, Lord, you know, where are we? I'm like, shoot, I hope our tour guy is legit. Because um, I was pretty sure he was going to be white. And based on, because it was an Airbnb experience. So, you know, you could chat with the guide and stuff beforehand. So, you know, I knew that he was white, a white man. And um, so we get to where we're leaving for the, from the swamp tour. And he's super cool. Younger guy. He's like, I'm about to give y'all a tour. And when he was doing... <clears throat> the introduction and basically telling us what we were about to go on the swamp and learn and stuff. He was like, you know, and you probably noticed he was like, but everything you saw on the way here is exactly what you saw. Mm-hmm. You know, he's basically like, it's everything that you imagined them to be. You know what I mean? Like racist, this, that, that. And so just a heads up. He's like, I don't know what we're going to see on the water, but I'm just telling you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like fearless. I'm like, cool, let's get it. You know, or whatever. And so we get in a kayak and before you really, really get out into the swamp where there's no houses, you're rowing past these houses. Literally the house right next door to where we were leaving from in their backyard, they had these blackface um, statues. You familiar with blackface? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause he wasn't, I had to explain to him what blackface was. And I was like, is those blackface statues or whatever? And so I was telling him like, you know, oh, blackface was, you know, during Jim Crow era where white people used to dress up in these, you know, crazy blackface and like make fun of black people by performing and, and whatever. Um, and basically it's this caricature of us. And so they had blackface statues in their backyard. Okay, so we roll past, blah, blah, blah. So I know. So we continue on the swamp tour. It's nice. He's giving us the history of like, first of all, I didn't know how important swamps were to the ecosystem, number one. Um, so we <laughs> learned a lot about swamps. <laughs> right, super fun fact. Um, and, you know, he's giving us history about the trees and the environment. And, blah, and then we started kicking it about the world and the cities we from and all this stuff. It was a nice little tour. Uh, we didn't see no alligators. All that. It was cool. So we get back, you know, we get out of the kayak, packing up our stuff. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Y'all in the kayak, which could possibly have had alligators in the water? Yes. What would have happened if an alligator came? So the tour guide said that they're more scared of you than you are of them. Oh, that. (laughs) Yes. Got it. Just like bears. Okay. Yes. And um, that we more than likely wasn't going to see one because of whatever was going on. And we didn't. Right. He wasn't worried about it. Apparently he had been on that tour a bunch of times. Um, so more than likely we we're not going to see one. And we didn't. That's all I can tell you. He was scared as crap. I wasn't. So I know he was scared as crap until later. It was hilarious finding out later how scared he was. Anyway, I died laughing. So, so <clears throat> we get back. 
from the Bayou Tour, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we, we had to park on the grass. It wasn't like a parking lot or parking spaces because this is a just strictly residential neighborhood. So I had to park on the grass. We got, it had rained the night before. There was mud. I was going to drive back. I backed up. We got stuck in the mud, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I back up. We got stuck in the mud. I'm trying to go forward. I'm trying to go back. I, I, apparently, I'm just digging us deeper into the mud. I don't know how getting stuck worked. I figure you could just ram the gas yeah, yeah, yeah. and work your way up out this thing. Anyway, our tour guide comes over. He finds like these wood metal planks. He's putting them under the tire. All the stuff you're supposed to do to get unstuck, right, is not working. So the other, the girl that was on the tour with us, <clears throat> she was in like this truck, like a Jeep. And she was like, oh, I got a kit in my car. I can get y'all unstuck. She had a kit that came with a strap where she could attach it to our car, her car, and pull us out the mud, right? Mm -hmm. So she attached the strap to her truck, our car, our rental, and we both ram on the gas and the (laughs) the thing just breaks. The snap, the, the (laughs) it just snaps. We break her thing. And that didn't work. It didn't move us out the mud, not one inch, right? And we're like, yeah, we were stuck, stuck in this mud, right? And so I'm like, oh my God, right? We ready to get back, take showers. You know, we've been all in the swamp. And um, so the tour guide guy is like, don't worry. I'm we're going to get y'all out of here. He started walking down the street. I'm like, where he going? (laughs) Right? He done came back with the neighbors that had the black face in the backyard. (laughs) Oh gosh. Jay, I'm like, and I knew it was the neighbors from that house because when we rolled past on the kayak, they were outside. So I knew what they looked like. They were outside and they waved at us. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Hey. Right. Like, hey, you know, you got blackface statues. Um, <laughs> what did you forget? <laughs> right. Why are you waving? Because <laughs> according to you, we don't like each other. Right. <laughs> um, so he come back walking down the street with the blackface neighbors. Mm. And I'm like... <laughs> so they like <laughs> here's the plan <laughs> he like I wouldn't worry about the mud or none of that but now I got to start strategizing Jay, he said listen to me he's such a protector he's like if anything pop off you run right over there in the woods don't worry about me I'm going to take care of myself he literally <laughs> Had a plan for how we about to get away. And I'm thinking like, why would the tour guide go get them to help get us out the mud if they, you know, mm-hmm. you know, wouldn't be willing to help or if it's about to, somebody about to get strung up. Like, I'm like, so I'm cracking up on the inside, but I got to respect his rules. I'm like, no doubt you set the woods right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, sometimes you just yeah, got to yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm dying in my head. So he's like, you go through them with, I will catch up with you. <laughs> I swear we must get to them than they are of us. I so, they don't even know. I, I swear to God. So the tour guide come back with the blackface neighbors. And um, the blackface neighbors, of course, come with a pickup truck. Girl, they had us out that mud in two seconds flat. You hear me? And so it was the, it was the, the father of the house, the man of the house, of course, he had the beard, white guy with a beard, with a pickup truck. Looked everything typical. you expect. Typical. Yeah, stereotypical. Stereotypical. Came with his son. They had the accent. It was so off a movie. 
And um, I'm just sitting, I'm just like, I asked him, like, what you want me to do? He like, just sit here. I'm like, okay. You know, I'm just like, I'm going to let the man handle it. And if something pop off, my my <laughs> my instructions is to skedaddle point to the <laughs> Stop saying that. I can't stop picturing me running. <laughs> so I got my instructions. <laughs> you know what to do. I know what to do. They you know, in case of emergency, break this glass and run. All right. I'm starting through the woods. Right, got right. Let me make sure my phone charged. Look, because you can't run to a neighbor's house. Everybody got to no, stuff in that water. And that's definitely what you're not going to do. So, so the woods was out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, that's the end of the story. It was just a really a bizarre. That's super bizarre. It's super bizarre. The most bizarre part about it is you had a plan, not for the alligator, not for the most. For these Confederate neighbors. Yes. You hear me? Yeah. And now your man's got the puppet shut. This ain't safe. <laughs> that is hilarious. Girl, as soon as they got us out the mud, he like, step on it. Let's get out of here. Poor oh, baby. Poor oh, baby. Well, and I mean. know that the uh, the tour guide felt awkward too. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? This is like, and I wonder if, I wonder. So how was it when they rescued? Were, they, were y'all like, thank you, thank you. Were they nice? Were they and you know, everybody was, yeah, everybody was just cordial. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, you know, everybody was cordial, but um, it was very awkward. I'm like, that's the blackface neighbors he done came back walking with. Yeah. yeah, it was just like, and you know, it made me think because I remember, <clears throat> was it, um, no, no, Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. Mm -hmm. But who was it? Was it Oprah or somebody who said, it's hard to hate somebody in their face? Yeah. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I was reminded of that. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody's posing a threat here. Now, you could be one of those radical KKK people that just see a black person walk down the street and you want to shoot at them and spit at them. But I think most people, mm -hmm. you like the idea of hating a color as opposed to hating Lisa. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so it just made me think about how difficult it is to maintain your prejudices and your biases in somebody's face. Yeah. When it ain't no real threat. Like, we stuck in the mud, player. You probably want us out of your neighborhood more than we want to be out of your neighborhood. This benefits us all. <laughs> True. But the hook that pickup up. Thanks. And I asked, I was like, should we get them some money or something? I was like, should we tip? I didn't even know. Like, how does this work? Is this just a neighborly thing? Right. Or are we right. supposed to tip and say I feel thanks? bad about the girl breaking her thing. That's who deserves it. <laughs> right. She broke her strap. And was like, and we like, oh my God, we're so sorry. She's like, it's okay. Apparently it was a strap that was probably more meant to haul something smaller, not a whole nother car. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but a very, very bizarre occurrence. So that was my way what, but New Orleans was dope. And um, hopefully all of us can go back together. Listen, are you incurable? As we're what, 30 minutes in? Uh, 30 minutes and 40 seconds. So yeah, I'm good. Time, okay. Yeah, you, you nailed it. <laughs> um, I wore this this topic, Jay, is so relevant because I share it with you. So I'm gonna share it to the listeners really quickly. We're currently in the process of filming for the other 23, uh, my plant-based certification. And during these filming, um, one of the facilitators who I was interviewing said that she uh has practiced um macronutrients, um, macrobiotics. And she remembers speaking to a macrobiotic doctor who said in all his years of practicing, he's at, he hasn't run into many incurable diseases. He's ran into incurable people. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was so amazing, so dope, um, because 
I find that to be true in my practice as a coach. I know you found that to be true in your practice as a coach. Same thing for Tiffany and that, you know, sometimes as coaches, we can always use refinement and betterment and professional development. But sometimes if you're a coach or a teacher or whatever you do in your career, don't beat yourself up when you can't get the results for some people like you thought you could because sometimes people are incurable. Mm -hmm. And so what I thought we would do today really quickly is go through the characteristics and the circumstances that may make you incurable. Mm -hmm. So if you were a little baffled by the title of this podcast, know that we're not talking about the disease itself. We're not talking about whatever your healthcare provider told you you have. Maybe they've said you're hypertensive, you have high blood pressure, and unfortunately, you'll be on these medications for the rest of your life because it runs in your family, right? So basically, they're essentially telling you you're incurable, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe you've been diagnosed with something and you've been told, you know, there is not a cure for this or maybe it is, but your chances of recovery or remission are very slim, right? Mm -hmm. And so, or maybe you've been dealing with something for a long time and um, you just feel like maybe this is my fate. Maybe you've given up mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. So what Jay and I want to do now is kind of go through some things we've identified that tends to be common characteristics among individuals who we decide are incurable. Mm -hmm. And this is not based on their diagnosis from a healthcare provider. Mm -hmm. Go for it, Jay. Let you start. Um, whew, so many. So I'm going to start with one of the ones, one of the things that I see most frequently placing results or lack thereof on external circumstances. Mm. Everything that happens or doesn't happen, everything, even no matter how many things that are provided for them, how many resources are provided, provided everything is placed, placed on external circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have a car, so I can't get to the gym. Mm. Um, my job is, you know, has all these hours and I'm, you know, I just can't, they won't allow me to have any time to myself. So I can't, you know, get to the gym. Um, my hair, it, it'll get sweated out. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have the money, so I can't get, um, uh, you know, the food. I don't have the money, so I can't get a nutrition coach. Mm -hmm. um, my kids you know, I don't have a babysitter. All of these things, nothing is internal. Mm. Nothing. Mm. Everything is external. Mm -hmm. So you have n never taken accountability for what yeah. you can and can't do. Yeah. So, you know, I find those people mm. to be the most difficult because they don't even see the role that they play in their success mm -hmm. or their lack of success. Mm -hmm. It's always on something because... If I put the blame on something else, I don't have to feel the guilt. I don't have to feel like a failure. I don't have to look at myself and say, you did this. It's always about what something or someone else did that I don't have control over. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest ones that frustrates me when I'm like, "Do you don't see the power that you hold. Mm -hmm. All of those things can be redirected. Some of those things can actually be completely X'd out, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, you're dealing with things that don't even have to be there, people that don't even have to be there, and, and putting things in the slots for the time that you could have had, and you're filling those times with things that you don't even need to be doing. Agreed. So, yeah, external, placing blame on external 
circumstance. Yeah, lack of accountability. Yeah. Definitely makes you incurable. Oh gosh. Absolutely. Because yeah. I like you said, I can come in and give you a resource. I can offer a couple free nutrition classes every Doesn't month. Doesn't matter. I can offer, right? But the things I'm going to suggest during those classes, you're going to have an excuse as to why yeah. they're undoable. Yeah, like the lady I just coached said, <laughs> because I don't have the right music. I don't have what access to the right streaming services to get that should have been your way what i told you this i told you this like a week ago i forgot <laughs> that she told me that the reason she can't work one, out is one because... of the reasons is because she doesn't have the right music <laughs> <laughs> it gets better yeah what in yeah. the heck yeah not the right music incurable <clears throat> okay that's a great one Another characteristic that may make you incurable is um, you have a fixed mindset as opposed to a growth mindset. And so individuals who, you know, this is the way we've always done things. This is how, you know, things are done. This is the status quo. Um, they're afraid of new tries. They're afraid of going outside of the box of what they are used to or of what they've seen other people do and so they ha they don't have a growth mindset and so if your mindset is fixed there is no room for evolution mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um absolutely you're going to keep a hold on to that type 2 diabetes if you can't see yourself living without meat mm -hmm. if you can't see yourself living without dairy if you say there's got to be a way i can just shortcut this or maybe I can just work out but this thing can't change so being um willing and able to grow essentially being able to put yourself in a position of being a student um of being uh, taught you know teachable being teachable right mm -hmm. having a growth mindset and being teachable so that's not just showing up to the class but showing up to the class with an open mind mm -hmm. hearing something you've never heard before and a willingness to give it a shot mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, my next one was actually going to be teachable, and I'm still going to say it because I have more to add to that. Yeah. Um, be teachable. There are experts for a reason. I was looking at an article today. Um, I wasn't reading the article. I just it just popped up on you know suggestions, uh -huh. and it was about um, a a teacher who had a PhD in math and statistics. And I cringe. I would never. Mm -hmm. I want to be involved with that. I would go to you for your expert expertise, and I would take what you had to give me when it when it comes to finances or accounts, because you are the expert. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to learn these things. I want to learn enough to elevate me. But some people want to kind of share the spotlight with the experts and act like they know just as much mm. when you don't. You didn't go to school for this. You didn't practice this. You didn't research this. You didn't watch any type of documentaries. You didn't read any type of books. But yet you want to share the stage with someone who has put time, effort, and energy and act like you don't have to listen because we're both human or we're around the same age or you've known me for a certain period of time. And so therefore, you can't even ride my coattail. Remember that was our thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you don't have a coat, ride the coattail. You should allow me to take you with me yes. on my knowledge alone and elevate you just off the stuff that I learned. Mm. But you don't even want to get the game. 
We say a lot of stuff. Like, going to get these gains. Like, you don't even want to get better. Yeah. You don't even want to grow because you're too resentful that someone knows more than you or you're too know-it-all that someone knows more than you. And so, you're now you're staying in lack. You know what? That piggybacks off another one that I'm going to jump straight to because I said it in a different way, too. I wrote that down, though, because... What you said was so key. I hope y'all didn't miss it. You want to share the spotlight with the expert mm -hmm. because you show up already knowing a little bit about the subject. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know just enough to be dangerous, but not enough to be the expert, mm -hmm. right? And so, which leads to one I wrote down, which is literally your pride or ego prevents you from being vulnerable, transparent, or even mm -hmm. being wrong. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So... That is that's that's your ego that's allowing that to happen. That's mm -hmm. your ego when you raise your hand in class and want to challenge the teacher on everything. I'm not saying the teacher shouldn't be challenged, but we've seen those type of students. You want to go back and forth. You want to this can wait to outside. You just want to prove how much you know. Mm -hmm. Or during even if it's just a one on one coaching session, you know, you show up saying I remember we Tiffany had a scholarship recipient a couple years ago that was like this, and she she actually. Tiffany requested to sit down with me. She's like, Lisa, I need to talk to you about this, this, uh, this client because everything I tell her, she says she already knows all that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, what did she even apply for the scholarship for in the just first like the place? scholarship recipient I recently just had. She took some advice, but most of the things she just thought she knew. And I'm just like, okay. Right. Why are you in the predicament you are? Right. Because knowing it and doing it is two different things. Yeah. That's first of all. Um, and so you, we, we never think that anybody in any of our classes or on the other end of our coaching is showing up with a blank slate. We understand you're coming with a lot of knowledge. We understand that you're coming and a lot of stuff we're going to tell you, you heard before, because fortunately we run our companies on integrity. So we don't have any quick fixes or uh, elixirs for you to mix up. We're going to tell you drink the water, which you heard before. We're going to tell you eat the fiber, which you heard before. We're going to tell you the exercise, which you heard before. We're going to give you our pro tips and our experience and accountability, but we're not going to give you a strategy that you probably haven't heard some aspect of before. Mm -hmm. So if you make the decision to sign up for this class, this course, this coaching, mm -hmm. then understand that you're making the decision to be a doggone student, mm -hmm. not a co-facilitator. Right. Right. You feel me? Oh, my God. We was not yes. hiring, B. You didn't, this was not a job application. It was a coaching application. <laughs> Man, that reminds me of my son. Like, he always has scared me since he's been born because he's always had more confidence than skill. You got to recognize... <laughs> Oh, baby. <laughs> right. You jumping and trying to flip from a tree. You don't have that skill set yet. <laughs> you got so much confidence that you have absolutely. <laughs> You're reluctant to ask anybody, is this what you should right, do? Help me practice my landing. No. <laughs> I'm sure I can make it. I'm sure I can make it. What? Oh, my God. It always scared me because I'm like, he's so confident with, with the skill set of not even half. <laughs> okay. Um, don't be like Bryson. That's all right. <laughs> Lesson you. is don't be like Bryson today, okay? Stop right. flipping out the tree right. and you ain't trying to flip. The difference is between Bryson and other people <clears throat> is that he has a mom and that he's still being molded. So it's our job to make sure, to look after him. Yeah. Other people are like, what the hell with you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I don't, if you want to go off and, and not learn and not do what's right for yourself, to, yes. okay, fine. Yeah. Let me know how that goes. Yeah. You know, so, Yeah. Don't be like Bryson. My next one is 
you worry about the wrong thing. Hmm. You're worried about the wrong thing and you are you are responding to the wrong resources. Mm. Not resources, the wrong sources. Mm. The source of your information. Check your sources. Because depending on who you talk to, what you care about is different. It changes depending. If you talk to us as health coaches, you're going to care about your health more, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to go about it in a more natural way, Mm -hmm. right? The, The sources over here... We have a whole different agenda yeah. than another health coach. Than Big Booty Judy. To, it, every time. It, just every time? <laughs> I just wait. every time. I had on my lip. I couldn't wait. <laughs> when your eyes twinkle, it's so annoying. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. Because Big Booty Judy, Coach Big Booty Judy, going. she wants to teach you how to lose weight, too, and so do we. But like you said. Yeah, health per- the health is going to lead you yeah, to a smaller loss. waistline. Yeah, the health is going to we're going to tell you to go to the gym. We're going to tell you to tone up. You know, I'm going to get your metabolism going. You know, fast. Do all these different things. But what's her name? Big booty Judy. Big booty Judy <laughs> is going- <laughs> so your sources. Your sources could even be your cousins. Now you don't gotta. You know what I mean? All you gotta do is. All you gotta do is. All you gotta go. You don't gotta do that because I know. So sometimes the sources, you got to choose. You can't follow this person, this follow, follow that person, that person, that yep. person. We said this from the beginning. Choose whose information you value most that aligns with what you want to do, with what you want to do and where you want to go. Yep. And kind of follow that person and follow maybe a couple other people. You cannot follow people who have all these different discrepancies and what they think and what they think and what they think because it leaves you confused. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you know certain people who are plant-based, whose goal is to get you healthy, who believes in whole foods, and you know a couple of people who think that way, follow them. You can't follow us and follow Big Booty Judy and then try to meet somewhere in the middle. middle. Yeah. It just doesn't doesn't work. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Judy is all about just calorie restriction and about weight loss in a Yeah, macros. And this is how your body needs to look. Yeah, waist trainers and things like that. Yeah. And it's like, now you're in your head, it's kind of like a struggle of who to follow. Yeah. Who to believe. You know what I mean? And then you start to believe if I do a little bit of this and do a little bit of that. It's like, no, sometimes you have to pick a direction you want to go and kind of, so you can kind of stay in line with that. Which I just wrote down one that you, that I hadn't wrote down that you made me think of, because I think sometimes the reason that happens, Jay, is because they're not clear on their own objectives. So you get clear on what you want to, right? Like you, you, what you want may be too broad. I want to be healthy. Well, that does include weight loss. Well, that yeah. does include, but that also includes disease prevention. That does include this. So make sure what your goals are and your aspirations are, are clear and not cloudy. And they're not too broad. What does get, because getting healthy for one person can literally just mean 20 pounds, however that happens. And getting healthy for somebody else can mean lose 20 pounds, but I never want to go back to my food addictions to sugar and salt. I ne- mm-hmm. And I also want to make sure I don't get heart disease in the future. But y'all both lost 20 pounds, but one mm-hmm. can still be a good candidate for heart disease. Mm-hmm. And so making sure that you're very clear on your aspirations so that you can properly choose, like Jay said, who to follow. Um, my next one is a little more tangible, which is you may be incurable because you believe prescriptions and over-the-counter drugs are treatment. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. 
I can't agree more. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> on the Negro spiritual right here. Like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Man, church. Listen, the veil has been over your eyes and you think going to the doctor and getting diagnosed with high cholesterol and that doctor then prescribing you a statin is treating the high cholesterol. You know, that drug is treating the high blood pressure. That insulin is treating the type 2 diabetes. So, and this is just miseducation here. We're, we're not saying you're bad people if any of this stuff applies to you. It's just helping you get realigned, okay? But if you believe man-made prescription drugs or over-the-counter drugs, if you believe, you know, going to get that Tussin, <laughs> Robitussin, um, or that cold medicine is treating the cold, then you are misinformed, okay? And so that's one. You may be incurable because... You you look up and it's been five, ten, seven years, seven months that you've been on these prescription drugs and you're starting to see side effects of the drug. So you may not even realize it's a side effect of the drug, but your kidneys are slowly starting to fail. Mm -hmm. You know, you're having chronic joint pain. You're having, you know, your sleep is all of a sudden disrupted. These are all typically side effects of drugs, not realizing that they're not treating your condition. It's helping you to live with your condition. Right. But it's not treating the condition. And so are you under the belief that the drugs that my doctor prescribed me are treating my disease? Mm -hmm. Um, My next one is you are seduced by instant gratification. Instant gratification seduces a lot of people, even me in different areas. You want the results and you want them now. Absolutely. And so you therefore you don't have patience for the process. How can you have patience for the process when, and also there's social media, it doesn't help, Mm -mm. you know, follow me to get, you know, snatched waistline and this, this and that one minute, they look one way the next minute because they've had surgery. And now it's like, okay, I need to do this. I can have this in three months because Mm -hmm. they had it in three months, but they didn't even do the thing that they said they're doing Yep. to be able to reverse an illness, to be able to prevent an illness. To be able to lose weight and keep it off and maintain it, you have to have patience. It has to become a lifestyle. Yep. It cannot be something that you just want to. Because really, what is the rush? Yeah. Really, what is the rush? Why are you rushing a, something that should be your lifestyle for the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. If you want to become, you're a size 14 now and you want to be a size 8, there's no reason to try to take a shortcut to get to that eight because you need to learn how to become that person during the process. Yes. It's just like when a person gets surgery, you know, the weight loss surgery, yep. um, get the bands or gastric bypass and they look in the mirror and they see the person they used to be, even though they look totally different yeah. because they didn't have time yes. to process this person that they were becoming. Yes. You need to learn this person, what this person likes, what's this person, what's the weaknesses, what what tempts me, what makes me feel proud, what where when I go out, what do I choose to help? You need to go through step by step. So by the time you become a size eight, mm-hmm. it is a core value mm-hmm. that's unshakable. Yeah. So you can't you can't bypass that. You need to go through that thing so you can be the person and stay the person that yes. you want to be. Yes. That piggybacks right on another one of mine, which uh, which is you have limit, limiting belief systems that you've adopted as truths. 
So literally what you just said reminds me of Tracy J when, you know, Tracy at her biggest was 600 pounds. And I remember as she started losing weight with us, she got to a point where she started getting scared and she said, coach, um, I don't know how to be small. Mm -hmm. Right. And she said, and now, now Tracy didn't do no shortcuts. She was going through the process. So this still might creep up even with you doing it the right way, like mm -hmm. it did for Tracy. But imagine it's almost guaranteed to creep up if you try and do a shortcut. Mm -hmm. Right. But she, I remember I caught her buying a winter coat that was like three X. I'm like, you don't wear that size no more, but just in case. Just in case what? If you don't return that big coat, that's not your size anymore. And so you have to go through the process so you can slowly get to know the new you. Mm -hmm. Most of us do not know how to exist without this condition. You've adopted this condition as who you are. Mm -hmm. And it's not who you are. Mm -hmm. Just because you have arthritis, just because you have diabetes, just because you have cancer, that is a, a circumstance. But it does. it's not you. And mm -hmm. you have to disassociate from that person mm -hmm. so that you can be curable so that you can be the person that doesn't have that but I get it living with something for decades or months or years you know you you've developed your you've literally shifted your entire life so you can live with that condition mm -hmm. you know what I mean I know what type of time of day I can go outside I know if it's about to rain I need to prepare because my joints about to hurt I, so you don't know how to not do that mm -hmm. you find yourself cured and be like oh I didn't have to do that no more because this ain't gonna hurt when this happens mm -hmm. so you have to learn how to be the person without the thing and so if you've, you when you talk about this all the time Jay where people basically tell you they have type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure and it's not even uh embarrassing or shameful no. or it's almost proud and like y'all know I got sugar I can't be you yeah. know it's not something that you're even actively working on it's just like this is who I am and so I've adjusted to the dysfunction and so make sure you haven't done that um my next one is you refuse to give something up because either one you decided you've given up too much already I remember that late <laughs> or number two you love it too much mm-hmm I don't know if you're talking about this lady, but when I was at Trainers Total Fitness and a lady came in and was like, all right, I'll do whatever you tell me to do as far as working on myself. She was like, but I tell you right now, I'm not going to stop drinking beer. No. <laughs> Which, you know, we both had those claims, but no. Yes. I'm talking about the lady at the coffee shop when you told her and she was like, she basically started crying like, I've given up so much. You know, to tell me to give up something else. And she <laughs> kind of snapped on you. You yes. were looking like, okay, uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> So, and that, that's a real yeah. emotion people be feeling. Like, I've already stopped drinking my coffee. I've already stopped eating dairy. I've already and stopped. Here you come and I hear you come about. telling me I got to get rid of my fish. Now, I done gave up the chicken and the turkey. Lisa, I can't keep my fish. Mm -hmm. Right? And so, you refuse to give something up that can potentially make you curable because you've already given up so much. And you feel like, let me hold on to at least one vice. Or let me hold on to, you know, at least one thing. So I know that's pretty common. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super common. Super common. People, oh, my gosh. I mean, it's some people who still try to ask me to help them now. And I'm like, no, you. I've, I've told you that I wanted you to stop drinking alcohol for a period of time. And you told me that I'll do everything else, but not that. No, I need you to do that. That, yeah. Because that is a thing that you struggle with. Yes. Of course you're going to give up eating red meat. You don't, you're not a big red meat person. It's not right. So I need you 
to, to, to really dig deep for something. It's something that's really like haunting your ability for growth. Yes. Physically and mentally yes. with this thing. So when I say I need you to have a plan, a strategy to get off of alcohol for a, a period of time and you tell me flat out no, I can't. I can't we can't move past that. I can't. Absolutely. You, you, know you got to fix the mindset with that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not doing. If no, we can't grow past that, I do everything else with that. Like, no. I'm yeah, sorry. which another way of reframing this is: stop constantly seeking the path of least resistance. Mm. There's gonna, there has to be resistance. Yeah, and what do you think most people know what that means? Seeking the path of least resistance. Maybe not. It's, it was called relative flexibility when we got certified by NASM. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What about synergistic dominance? Was that too center? I don't know. No, that is from NASM. Yeah, I'm saying, was that around the same thing? Anyway, I, don't I don't know. But yeah, so the path of least resistance, because I kind of wanted to um, um, elaborate on what you said about people having illnesses and that's who they, who they identify with. Like that has become their identity. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, it, it was a girl who survived a plane crash years ago and she was the sole survivor. And because she, survived this plane crash mm -hmm. everyone wanted to know what was the big purpose of her life like why did you survive like why are you here like what's your life's mission and she's just like I just survived the plane crash like y'all putting all this stuff on me now I feel like I have to do all these different things because mm -hmm. I survived mm -hmm. and it's um, it's not it's more than survivor's remorse it's like pressure yeah. to be and I think that comes also with getting healthy you know mm -hmm. what I mean mm -hmm. I, of course when I was 500 of course when I was big I couldn't go anywhere of course when I had high blood pressure and you know had all these headaches I wouldn't go out because I wasn't feeling good now I'm feeling well what do I do with this new person now I have these new expectations yeah. of me yeah. Not just from other people, but from myself. I don't want to lose 200 pounds and now I'm still just sitting on the couch. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's almost like fear of success, as people always say. Yes. Um, when you do do these things, who will the new you become? Absolutely. Do you even want to, to have this new responsibility? Do yeah. you even want to have this new identity? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because now I got to be forced to live purposefully. Yeah. Yeah, and make something out of myself. I don't have this excuse no more. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell people, you know, I got this whatever, whatever, fill in the blank. Right. Because I don't anymore. I don't have that anymore. So, yeah, that can so become a crutch. That's a good one. It can become a crutch and it can mm. become your identity that you don't know that you don't necessarily want. You don't even know you don't want to get rid of this crutch. Yeah. But sometimes it becomes so a part of who you are mm. that without it, you will be lost. Yes. I love it. I only got a few more. Yes, more? Everything that comes to me is coming off of Okay. <laughs> so, at no, but I'm now. sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, you believe change, growth, and evolution is equal to selling out. And so, you know, like another one popped in my head. <laughs> <laughs> but really, because because um, culture makes you feel that way. Yes. Like, you know, your your own parents or siblings can do it to you. We grew up eating turkey on Thanksgiving and Ooh, mac and cheese. Man. And now you yes. too good. You too good for you better than us. Oh, God. You know, Have we, you experienced that? Because I definitely not in that direct way. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, we used to do happy hour and drinks and hot yeah. wings together. And now you you know, eating salads, right? And so there's an amount of guilt that comes with changing and adopting a, 
a health, a core value around health. And then you, you feel it internally and you feel it externally. Like, am I selling out? Am I, you know, cause I, now you the health nut in the family. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that might make you incurable because it's a bad, you have an internal battle with your identity. This is the identity crisis. Mm-hmm. Right. So I forgot. Just that fast. Nice. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, Another reason you might be incurable is because you are unwilling to invest time, energy, or money or attention into your own growth. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And I know, you know, depending on what area in your life that's in, there may be some resistance. Like, I want to take you know, my career, my finances, you know, my business, my personal development, my health to the next level, but I ain't trying to pay that. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not trying to show up and watch that or listen to that, right? Everything doesn't cost money. Some stuff just costs time and attention. At the Black Health Academy, we do two completely free nutrition classes every month. And you know what happens every month? We have way more people that sign up than show up. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It was like that when we would teach the class in person. And it's like that now that the class is virtual. We'll, we'll be like, and I remember when I was such an immature business owner, I would be like, Tiff, Jay, we got 150 people we like what? wait we what we happened? we're 145 short right. <laughs> hey, i got the shuttle bus waiting like no. i know they're gonna need a ride for Cold 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 um, you are unwilling to invest time, energy, money, or attention into your growth, right? And so that could be why you're incurable. You have a phenomenal intention. So you do go sign up for the Zoom. You, you drop your email address and you get notified that we start and, and you never come on, right? And so that could be, and somebody, a perfect nugget can be, could have been dropped during that hour or two that helped you take your journey to the next level. Something you needed to hear at the right moment, um, but you're not showing up for it. Um, or you go to the farm to table website a thousand times when we say enrollment is open and you're like, I'm not about to pay $400 for that course. Mm-hmm. I'm not about to invest in that. You know, I'll just keep going to her free classes and getting what I can, um, as opposed to really making the investment to be part of a program and a community. And so, um, that could be your, your downfall. Okay. Um, for me, it is, you have a victim mindset and optimism is not your thing. Mm. So you know, you know a couple, you know who I'm thinking of right now. Um, it's always woe is me. I can't this happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going through this right now. And it's just you feel so sorry for yourself, so down on your luck. Yeah. So like the cards are stacked against you. You know, this runs in my family and this happened to everybody in my family. Of course it's gonna to happen to me. You're not optimistic. The glass is always half empty. Yeah. You know, that mindset, it's it's almost like the fixed mindset said she said, but in a different way. You know, some fixed mindset is like, listen, you know, I'm size 12, I'm gonna stay a size 12 and even though I tried before it ain't gonna happen. And you kind of got confidence and cockiness with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But with this woe is me victim mindset, it's almost like the world doesn't want me to win. I've tried before and if I try again, I'm not gonna win. You need optimism. And yes. what's my favorite thing I say I like with people? Conviction. Yes. I love 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 when people have conviction. Yes. Because even if you fall short 
of what you intended to do. Yeah. You're going to hit it some way, somehow, because you believe that you would. Yes. You cannot go into it with this mindset of, it ain't going to happen. Why would it happen to me? I don't do, I don't win nothing. And yeah. I've been, you know, you got to believe it. You literally cannot feel sorry for yourself. You literally have got to believe you deserve this yes. thing. And no matter how many times you fail before, I tell people all the time, when I started getting healthy, when I started like taking care of myself, I remember it very distinctly. It was my friend Nadia, her husband, my husband and me. And we had like this little get together. And they were going to the store and they asked me, did I want anything from the store? And I was like, no, because I'm about to start being healthy and I'm not eating that stuff no more. And they went and got a bunch of junk and they ate it and I didn't. And next week I was eating the same thing that they was just eating at the party. <laughs> I failed that time. Yeah. yeah. I failed that time. I didn't do what I thought I was going to do. And they were right because they said, you know, you say that all the time. Mm. And I was like, no, but this time I mean it. And they're like, oh, Okay. And they were right, and I kept on going back to those type of food that they brought back from the store for a period of time. But eventually, I said it, I meant it again, and I stuck with it. Yeah. And now, it's going toward a decade of being, um, like, having an intention, intentionality behind being healthy. Not just being small, not just, you know, mm-hmm. saying, oh my God, I don't, I don't eat red meat. No, literally knowing what food does for my body mm. and intentionally eating those things and practicing those things yes. to become a healthier person. Because I was just thinking yesterday, you know, I love to say this is the youngest I'm ever be, but this is the youngest I'll ever be and possibly the healthiest I'll ever be if I don't intentionally try to be healthier. Mm-hmm. So if anyone's listening now, this is the healthy. If you are sick right now, this is the healthiest you're going to be if you're not doing anything to become mm. different than you are now. That's a bar. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like you may be walking around asthmatic. Uh, you may be walking around with headaches. You may be walking around with your thyroid just flat. Like you may be walking around feeling like crap, but this is the healthiest you're going to be unless unless you come to farm table. <laughs> Segway. Listen, 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 listen. My girl did it. You listen. That was I did best. that. That was the best. I ain't passing no note across the table or nothing. nothing. <laughs> listen, get your butt in a farm table class and quit playing. We already sold out for the winter semester, but spring semester will be upon us soon. We will open up enrollment for that soon. If anything in this episode moved you and you know this is you. We Maybe we hit home on something. Because the last one I was going to say, Jay, is you're chronically stressed without an exit strategy. Mm. It is impossible to get healthy. It is impossible to take that next step on your health journey and reverse those chronic conditions if you're chronically stressed. When you're chronically stressed, your body literally restricts blood flow to your gut. It restricts blood flow to your forebrain and pushes it to your hindbrain, which is your reactive and your flight or fight mode. And so you, it is impossible. Like biologically, there are things that happen when you are stressed that prevents you from reaching optimal health. So I'm not just talking about mindset and perception. I'm literally talking about what's physically happening in your body when you are chronically stressed. So that also could be a reason why you're incurable because you your health is what it is. It's because other areas in your life, your work life, your professional life, your relationships, your finances, um, there's things going on in those areas of your lives that is unresolved. 
and it, you don't get unchronically stressed overnight. It's creating the exit strategy to help you walk away from that situation that is going to heal you. And so that allow you to be healed. That literally your body will open the gates to allow blood to flow pr properly again. Um, and everything is working optimally so that you can feed your body the raw materials needed for you to heal. So if you're chronically stressed without an exit strategy, that could be the final reason you are incurable. Let us help you show you the way um, in our Farm to Table plant-based course. Go to farmtotablecourse.com, go to the blackhealthacademy.com, either one of those websites. You can access and read all about the course. Our next one is starting here. I'm so excited on January 19, 2021. Jay is going to be a facilitator. I'm going to be a facilitator. Coach Tiff is going to be a facilitator. Then we have our admin, Kelly. So you have a staff of four people that's going to help you walk you through this journey to really achieving optimal health and becoming curable. So let us do just that for you. Make sure if you're not already, you are enrolled into the Black Health Academy, which is a completely free platform. Go to theblackhealthacademy.com. Link is right here in the show notes. And you can join the Black Health Academy for free to access all of our masterclasses. We have over 100 masterclasses inside of the academy, including our live nutrition class replays. We do live nutrition classes every first Saturday and fourth Sunday of the month. And those replays are in there as well. The first one we did of 2021, Jay was so lit, almost lost my mind. And I was in New Orleans, so I'm in, you know, our Airbnb and I'm teaching. It was so lit. We had so much fun. It was called How I Lost 65 Pounds and Kept It Off. So if you're interested in weight loss, I tell you exactly what I did. But what's so phenomenal about this live class is I give you 10 things that happen when you carry excess weight on your body. So I went through 10 health consequences of being overweight and obese. And I yelled a little bit about the body positive movement. So if you want to hear that, <laughs> you might want to check out that replay. Okay. Yes, we, we don't fat shame. Everybody needs to be accepted, but y'all need to quit it. Okay. And so I went off about that. Um, I talked about, I showed my before and after pictures, talked about my journey and the questions that came in from the audience were super dope and amazing. And so that replay is available right now inside of the Black Health Academy, 100% for free. Just log into the Black Health Academy and go to the tab that says live nutrition class replays and you will see how I lost 65 pounds. Click on that and watch it or listen to it at your discretion. OK, so that's all we have for you guys today. Um, we'll be back in another couple weeks. Me and Miss Gifted with Jay, we're off to a phenomenal start in 2021, dropping these gems. Let us know what you thought about this episode and please, please, please leave us a rating. Rate the podcast. We're trying to move up in 2021 y'all so leave us a review leave us a rating share the podcast and please be sure to prescribe subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to until next time be, be well, well.